so welcome to another episode of The Crux of It, which is a spin-off from your hospital radio. Thanks for listening. And thanks to our panel tonight of regular Ben Robinson, our new guest panellist tonight, South Standard Dave Hughes. So welcome, Dave. You are effectively placing a kind of combination of Jim Calvary and Debo. So I don't know what that looks like. Probably a lot of swearing. Who knows? Um, quite a combination. Quite a combination. <laughs> but, but kind of thought to start, what, what's sort of been happening since the last episode? So we've signed Billy Chadwick from Stockport via Gateshead. Uh, an eight-match unbeaten run came to an end at Hartlepool United. Drew with uh, Maidenhead, a heroic win at Southend United, followed up by a desperate defeat last night by Dorking Wanderers. We've now got a new bus. Uh, we've also had a, a shirt held up by the Prime Minister. Probably the less said about that, the better. But Dave, I thought we'd start with you. Um, three home wins all season, and last night the Dorking defeat was a, a bitter blow. What Was that the worst sort of defeat of the season? What, what What's your thoughts on last night's game? It promised so much and it delivered so little for me. Um, I think all of us, whether we were out there saying we're going to win or not, were secretly hoping we'd win. It was a winnable game. I mean, let's be honest, Dorking are a part-time team. To give them respect, they are well organised. Mark White does drill them well, but it was a team that really we should have beaten. That's the crux of it. And I think that it's games like that that we must win. And if we don't win them, then we have no one else to blame but ourselves for where we are. Um, I was quite disappointed, to be honest. Yeah, and I, and I thought as well that, you know, that could have been, I think we haven't won back-to-back games since April. Someone could correct me if I'm wrong on that, but, but that's a, a, a terrible statistic. And and you kind of thought after South End on Saturday, you thought, well, Dorking Wanderers at home, they've been kind of shipping goals recently. They've been losing games. They're in the bottom four. What better chance to now get that back-to-back wins together we could have gone mid-table, I think, last night if we'd have won. But then at the end of it, you're just sort of thinking, this is a film I've seen so many times before. This is a feeling I've had so many times before. And it was just uh, just a bit gut-wrenching, really. Just that, that kind of sucker punch on it towards the end and and just felt very, very deflated. I mean, Ben, I'll come on to you. And I know you got to most games home and away. What, what's what been your take on that sort of run of fixtures since the last episode we recorded the back end of December? Well, it started off quite positively, didn't it, um, over the Christmas period with Gateshead and drawing away there and then beating them at home with what was quite an impressive performance, to be fair, given how uh, Gateshead play that kind of style of football where they like to keep hold of the ball to be able to break them down and get those two goals. And to win 2-0 was really impressive and he felt we could maybe kick on from that a bit and... Hardly almost sorted his uh, first task of making a ship less goals in. Um, but now he seems to be struggling with the task of turning those draws into wins. Um, and you look, uh, it was a good last-minute goal against Boreham Wood. Um, you know, we've got a few other last-minute winner against Oxford. A lot of last-minute goals, but we're not doing the job during the game, which is a big issue for me with not looking... We haven't looked since Oxford City at home, I'd say, like we've controlled the game all season. Um, but it's not you know you, you don't come away from games especially the ones even the ones we've won thinking wow we really deserve to win that there was no chance the opposition would have got into that you know every game you sort of think well on another day they might have now the point but on the flip side you know another day we might have beaten Maidenhead another day we might have beaten Dorking last night um, and that's where we seem to be at the minute is very um, kind of can't quite just get that win, can't control the games, can't just put away the chances that we are creating and it's leading us to suffering down at the bottom and it shows how much more work we've really got to do. 
I, I feel like we have to work really, really hard just to win any game of football, more so than I've ever known in my whole time supporting York. Um, and, and Dave, do, do you think, from Matt Oogler's perspective, you know, he has, I was looking at the squad last night and I know people sort of say, Ardy had to inherit, inherit a bit of a mess and all that, but but Matt Oogler has put his money where his mouth is. He's, he's spent a lot of money, quarter of a million pounds on the likes of Deep, Deeper, 150k on, on Tyler Cordner, if, if rumours are to be believed. You know, there's a lot of money gone into that team. Do you think he he deserves better for that investment he's put in so far? I think it's difficult to say, isn't it? Because although these players were playing very well, it's a tale as old as time. And it's one of those things that we often laugh about in the pub, that players play really well, then they come to York City and they're bang average at best. They leave and then they go off and smash the league wherever they might be going. Um, I think the amount of money he's put in is brilliant. And I think all those intentions were excellent. Um, the recruitment at the start of the season didn't help at all. Uh, I think that we are starting to find our feet a little bit now. And I think that the, the, the sparse signings that Ardley has made so far seem to be working out fairly well, but only time is going to tell. And I think realistically, at the end of the season, if we manage to stay up and Neil stays, then a squad that's completely built by him will be where, where we, we actually see what his metal is. I'm glad you mentioned signings there because that, that's kind of my next point I'm going to come on. So I'm going to relay sort of paraphrase what some supporters have been saying commonly on, on sort of social media. I've sort of looked across Twitter and Facebook today. And this isn't one particular person, but, but there's a few of them. You know, you mentioned about signings there. Billy Chadwick, um, I mentioned earlier on as well. He's one of three permanent signings made by Neil Ardley. George Sykes, Ken Worthy, Will Davis being the other. Obviously, a few lone players in there as well, like Sir Will Smith, Danny Amos. Seen a few people saying, not not as many today, but the signings are, are no better than those players that have gone out. And I think that's that's aimed at the likes of Maz Kuya being allowed to go to Hereford. You know, Billy Chadwick, is, is he better than, than Maz Kuya? Ben, what, what do you think? I certainly think Maz has shown a lot more than, than say, um, Kai Kennedy. I think Alex Hurst's actual fact was was gave us better end product than, than Kai Kennedy has done so far. I know Kai's dropped out the side a little bit now, but but what, what do you think about that that kind of insinuation that the signings that have come in are not as good as the ones that have gone out? Um, yeah, I'd... it's one of them, isn't it? That you know, I think we're now a period where those players who've done well for us in the National League North, such as Kuyar. Um, Ollie Dyson, Mitch Hancock's. It's it's almost time to move them on now. I feel like if we want to go to the next level, level, you know, they've had nearly two years to prove their worth in this league. And um, Dyson and Hancock's haven't looked up to it this season, uh, in truth. And Kuya, you know, he's great on his day, but he's just not got that run of games or found that run of form that has really pushed him on. And it's a case of, well, if we can find better. And we can't get rid of Kai Kennedy. Well, then you're going to get rid of Maz Kuya. We can't get rid of um, some other of the midfielders like Quevin Castro. We couldn't get rid of for a bit until he's gone to Kings Lynn. You know, you get rid of Mitch Hancock's. You know, it's one of those where you've got to find some money from somewhere. So if you're not planning on playing them anyway, uh, or in their starting eleven, you might as well um, send them out. But I think the signings hardly you've made so far have been pretty good. I think on the whole, Will Davies looks like he could be a good striker for us. Um, it looks like where Will Smith and Danny Amos seem all right at the back, albeit Danny Amos has only had two games. Um, 
have to say I'm a bit disappointed with uh, Billy Chadwick. I think he's been poor so far. I haven't seen. I think he's been quite weak uh, in games. Might just be because he hasn't quite fit in yet to the position. Um, and maybe long term he'll come good, but so far he hasn't been what I've been expecting from him. And I think if you go back to your original question of almost Kuyar or Chadwick, I'd rather go for a fully fit Kuyar at the minute than Billy Chadwick personally. Uh, so yeah, and I think with with Maz as well, I've been sort of keeping tabs on his progress at Hereford. He, um, I think he started the first game he went there, didn't play the next one. I think he came on for half an hour. In their last game, and then he couldn't play the, the game after that because of the FA Trophy. He was cup tied, so he's not even getting really getting the game time that we probably thought he would do. Um, Billy Chadwick is an interesting one, Dave, isn't it? That I, I you I feel like there is a player in there somewhere. I mean, we've saw it for Gateshead against us, but Gateshead dominate a lot of the ball, don't they? They're a little little bit more technical. Does that suit him? Are we playing him in his best position? That there's another kind of thought that's come to my head that. He got a hat-trick against Dorkin early on in the season for Gateshead. I think he only scored four times for Gateshead in total. So is there an argument that that maybe his best work has come in the National League North and maybe he's still transitioning up to that, that National League level? I think it's a difficult one. I remember seeing the game against Gateshead at home and everyone around me, including myself, we all said straight away, Chadwick. What a player, like really was one of the standout players for Gateshead, in my opinion, on in that game. Obviously, we then signed him the next day and there was a lot of excitement. Obviously, we got this player coming from Gateshead who's been pretty strong for them. Um, I think a lot of it is down to, where, as you said, position-wise, where Ardley wants to play him, where he's comfortable to play and also how he's getting on with the rest of the squad as well. Um, and also how he's adapting to Neil's um, techniques in training, you know, compared to previously at Gateshead. Um, I think he's a player that we can see more of, and I think that hopefully we're going to see more of him, and hopefully he's going to impress us um, in the season. I do have confidence because there is definitely something there. You know, we're not, you know, in my opinion, we're not looking at another Kevin Joshua where, with all due respect, you know, this was a level too high for him, at least one level too high. We, I think there is a player there, and I think that there's going to be hopefully some performances come out of um, out of him over the rest of the season. My goodness, we need them. Um, again, you know, I'm not in the RD out camp and I'm sure we'll come on to this, but I think that it isn't a signing that he's made that at the moment has borne fruit, but I'm still hopeful for the rest of the season that he'll, he'll be all right. Yeah, it's an argument as well that, you know, one of the other things that I've seen commonly kind of come up is that there's a, a lot of hoofball happening at the minute and we're not kind of playing through the thirds and all that. Um, you know, if you're a forward like Billy Chadwick, who is quite slight, isn't he? He's, he's not the tallest either. He's going to kind of want that ball to his feet, isn't he? And and if that ball's going over his head, I, th- I think Billy Chadwick works his socks off, by the way. I think every game I've seen him play, you can't fault him for effort, but it's just been getting him in those positions in the final third and allowing him to kind of showcase what he can do. Is it is it going to be difficult for some, a forward like him to fit into that system, Ben, of, of how the tactics of how we're sort of playing at the minute? I think Hardley's already alluded to, hasn't he, the fact that we might not be playing fully how he wants us to play yet. Uh, I think that might mean that we'll see more of him next season in the role that we, he's keen on him playing because we seem to be chopping and changing from five at the back to four at the back, you know, which then affects how many we put in midfield. So perhaps, you know, you, you're right, 
Chadwick works really hard, but um, at the minute we haven't seen the best of him. Uh, perhaps the constant changing of roles, the lack of consistent games uh, in that first team, and also the way that Ardley likes to take off his strikers around or the forwards around the 60th minute uh, to replace him with some fresh legs. I think perhaps in the summer we'll see more of Chadwick. Um, but at the minute, we've almost got to play the uh, short game in a way where we've got to just make sure we stay up the season and get the points. And if that means we have to play a bit more defensively to make sure we're not shipping in goals at the back, yeah, we're going to have to do that. So that will hamper on Chadwick's game um, and also the forward game. So I think I hope we stay in this league next year because I don't even think about what will happen if we go down again. But I think um, when we look long-term to next season, I think at that point we'll start to see what Arley wants to do consistently. I think we'll focus more on ourselves than picking up the opposition every week. Yeah, just to pick up on something you said there, Ben, that you can respond to is you mentioned there about changing the strikers on 60 minutes. I'm thinking if I'm I'm deeper, I know he didn't have his best game last night, but I still thought, watching the highlights back today, he created a couple of chances pretty much for himself, Hartlepool away, he created that goal that with consolation off his own back. He nearly got another one a minute later. If you're getting brought off on 60 minutes and you're a quarter of a million pound striker and you know other teams have been after you in the past, are you going to be happy about getting hauled off at that time? What do you reckon, Ben? Um, I'll be honest, I don't know, Dave. Uh, Dave, Dan, um, I'm not too sure. Uh, you know, with uh, I'll start again, shall I? Go on, Bobby. I'm not too Get sure, Dan. Sorry, ben. <laughs> Uh, I'm not too sure, Dan, uh, to be honest, because I think, you know, he is starting games. I think that's a big thing for Dippo. And that's what Ardley does. He's done it. He says he's done it at every single club of his that he takes the striker off around 60, 65 minutes. Uh, if we're currently playing with three forwards, that means likely one will stay on. Um, but we've also got to remember that Dippo's was out for a good few weeks, uh, a couple of months back. And it probably means now that we're being maybe a little bit cautious with him, especially playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Um, so I think with that, it's just more, almost Dippo's probably maybe thinking it might be the right thing, especially if he hasn't scored, but he's playing well. You'd expect him to stay on. Yeah, I just think, you know, I think he's got three goals in his last five games. I, th- I think he wants to be out there playing 90 minutes every week. I, 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 Dave, you want anything to add on that? Yeah. Um, interestingly, I don't know if you saw it, Ben, last night, and it might not have been anything, but certainly myself and Charlie, who I stand with alongside Ben, we both picked up that he was rubbing his thigh. One, I can't remember which thigh it was, but he's rubbing his thigh, um, and 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 like making it known to other players. And I did wonder at that point: is that an injury? You know, recurring injury, maybe from the time he's been off the last. Was it was it a hamstring that he did he did he pull his hamstring or you know whatever the injury was that kept him out for the last few weeks? It could be a recurrence of that, or it could just be managing that injury. Um, but he definitely there definitely was a, a a sign to squad members who were on the pitch that he wasn't, you know, wasn't hundred percent. And I just think he looked knackered, to be honest. I really did. I thought last night he looked knackered. Um, and at the end of the day, I think, as Ben said, you know, if, if Ardley's managing the game in a way that he's done previously by taking a striker off at a certain point, then he probably thinks that that's absolutely fine. And he's going to manage that injury and hopefully manage Depot's fitness and keep him fit for the rest of the season. I do think in honesty that last night, you know, he got it wrong. I thought, you know, Mark White clearly was quite shrewd. He set up Dorking well and they won the game. So that's, um, you know, sadly, 
that's where we are now. But I do think that there is also a bit of management of the injury with Dippo as well. Yeah, yeah, you, you could be right. I didn't spot that. Uh, yeah, I think I think it was a hamstring. I remember he went down like it was a sniper in the crowd. Then he whatever game it was, and then he obviously was going to miss the Wigan game as well. And he's done well to come back probably earlier than I, I expected him to. Another thing that I've noticed fans have been saying as well is uh, a few people said, we set up as if we're playing Chesterfield away every week. And I think what that's kind of alluding to is that we're quite defensive. We're often sort of five at the back, three centre-backs, try not to contain teams. And even last night, you know, maybe Dan Batty and, and Woodyard, two effectively holding midfielders. Um, can't see each other out, possibly. What What do you think about that? Um, I think, you know... You... You can argue that we're setting up like we're playing Chesterfield every week, but we were shipping in two, three, four goals at the start of the season in the Morton. Um, so if you go back to more of that attacking style, that could potentially occur again. Um, so it's one of those that it's almost catch-22. You, We've got to stop shipping the goals because we're not scoring enough anyway. Uh, even when we did play that attacking kind of football, we'd score two. So we need to make sure you know, that we stop shipping in the uh, goals to start off with. But then Next season, I would be a bit disappointed if we're setting up in the same way if we are in the same league um, because I would like to see us a bit more attacking but needs must for this season and if that means that we play quite defensively up until the end of the season, it keeps us up, fine by me. Yeah, Dave, anything to add on that? I think Neil keeps on going on about the way he's playing the, the squad at the moment and he's he's basically saying I'm working with what I've got. You know, you can't fault the effort. There definitely seems to be a majority of the squad putting in a hundred percent effort. And to be honest, that's something we've we've not seen, you know, for many seasons in a row now. As far as I'm concerned, there's always been a, a core in that in the squads we've had previously that have, um, have let us down. To be put it to put it honestly, what I would say I think is that like Ben, I echo that next season is a fresh start, and let's let's forget about the fact we could go down. <laughs> For now and let's let's focus on the fact that we'll be in national league next season hopefully and we'll have a new squad um put together by neil and hopefully everything will be uh will be hunky-dory come the beginning of next season fingers crossed uh yeah i mean it's the reason the home form is possibly so bad because of that 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 defensive containing teams has worked quite well quite effectively away from home hasn't it i mean i've been to Rochdale, Gateshead and Hartlepool and all three games were pretty much the same to be honest we kind of you know were pretty solid all the way through and we were looking to get goals on the on the break and, and in some games it worked you know Gateshead away was a was a good point Rochdale away was a good point Hartlepool I think once we didn't get that first goal we were always going to struggle but you can see how it's worked at Southend as well I, you know I think that's Southend but you could I wasn't surprised at the result because I could imagine us being resolute all the way through and then throwing everyone forward at the end, getting that goal. Oxford City as well, keep going with that mentality towards the end. But do you think, Ben, is that is that why the home form so bad? Because when we are at home, you can't really set up as defensive as that. You've got to kind of be a little bit more gung-ho and, and that's maybe why teams are picking us off. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, you look at the way Dorking and Maidenhead have set up recently. And they've also played quite defensively. Um, you know, Maidenhead definitely set up to take home a draw as soon as they got that first well, as soon as they got that first goal and then the equaliser for us. 
they were very defensive. They were quite hard to almost break down. And that's what we've got to find a way to do now is break down those teams that are quite happy to almost come away and just get a draw at us. You know, you can see from Dorking last night, they barely had a chance. Eventually, they just managed to take that one little opportunity at the end. Um, after we had three or four decent chances where we could have scored. I mean, Davies hit the post again, didn't he? Um, so it's, it is swings and roundabouts. Um, but I think we've just got to make sure that we start scoring almost and taking those chances. Yeah. We are creating them. It's not like we're not getting them. It's just we're not currently using every available opportunity, which is worrying when we... We only do get about five or six chances a game. We're not creating like 10, 12 chances each game. And I think that's Neil's argument. And he completely agreed with him last night. Davis's shot goes in. Dippo's shot against Maidenhead goes in. Doesn't hit the post. There are probably two wins there because there is, these games are very, very tight, aren't they? But just to play devil's advocate, Dorking, Maidenhead, these, these are teams that do ship goals quite regularly. And yet last night, yes, you're right. We, we created some chances. Most of them were in the first five minutes. We had Davis's shot at the post, but I don't remember Dawkins' keeper making a save after that. I don't remember any real crosses into the box. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave. It was a, a pretty toothless effort last night, and I could understand people who've paid a lot of money. We were saying this off air before. Where it's a lot of money to go to York City. You know, if you're taking kids with you, mm-hmm. you're buying the food at the ground as well, which is overinflated prices, which I know has nothing to do with the Uglers. It was contracts before their time, but... You know, you could be spending near on hundred quid last night if you had a family of four or something like that. And you know, the bit on the pitch is a bit that they've actually come for, and and it wasn't good enough. No, it wasn't. And I think that that's the worrying thing. If you look at some of our local unnamed rivals, there's a particular team in the Championship, and uh, not the one in West Yorkshire, who you could go and see a child and an adult could go together for twenty three pounds. The the adult ticket being a twenty quid ticket, the child ticket being three pounds. It's quite remarkable when you think about what we're paying in this league. Now, I'm not going to go into the, the ifs, buts, whys, wherefores, why that is. Obviously, there's a reason. You know, we have bills to pay, we have salaries to pay, etc. But you're absolutely right that it is. It's a lot of money, and as you say, if you bring a family of three or four, five, whatever, you know, you're, you're going to be paying a lot of money, whether that's as a season ticket holder or as a as a you know match ticket holder on the day. And you expect for that to hopefully see a game of football that is, is, if not easy on the eye, at least fairly free-flowing. And, and like you said last night, I mean, as you say, Dorking are, are renowned for shipping goals, but they are renowned for scoring them as well, which sadly isn't something that we're renowned for. You know, some of the score lines you see popping up on, on Saturday afternoons and, you know, they might have had a heavy defeat, but at the same time, there's been games where they've had big wins as well. And just like Ben said, we need to start scoring goals. We need to be converting those chances. You know, it's all very well saying, oh, well, if the goal had gone in last night, if it hadn't hit the woodwork, it would be different. And it would be different. But that doesn't help where we are now. You know, it, it it's all about making sure that those go in and saying, this is what we're going to try and put right. This is what we're going to try and do moving forwards. Um, because I don't think the fan base, certainly at home, you know, we have an unbelievable fan base at this level. You know, we, we've been to some real quiet grounds this season away, especially on Tuesday nights. And, you know, compared to that, it is it is quite unbelievable, you know, for our level. So the fans are there. The players just need to um, up the game a bit. But I would say, I really would say that I do think they're putting effort in. And I think it comes back to that point you, you said about the Late Late Showdown that it seems to have been coined a little bit recently, that 
the players are playing up to the final whistle. That that is that is, it, you know, there's no argument there. They really are. Is it a lack of ability? I think that's probably more the case, to be honest. Yeah, no, I think they're, they're all fair points, aren't they? And, and to be honest, you know, I, I like Neil Hardley. I, I think the Hardley out small brigade that seems to be getting a little bit larger each time we have a defeat. I think a, a well off the mark, really. I mean, I, I think you really should judge a manager when when he's got his own team. And I think he's only made three permanent signings. We're definitely a lot harder to beat. Like Ben said earlier, you know, we were shipping a lot of goals earlier on in the season and that would have ended up with disaster, wouldn't it, if we'd have kept going that, that way. However, you know, some, some fans have said, you know, look at Phil Brown at Kidderminster. Basically, they've got a National League North squad there that's come up with them. They've made too many signings. They've got likes of Romari Morgan-Smith, who we remember from his time at York City. Phil Brown's gone in. I think he's won sort of four out of four, hasn't he? I mean, Ben, is that should should we have expected a, a similar bounce effect with, with arguably better players, better pedigree players like we've got? Um, I think this last month's been a massive letdown, to be fair. I think we could have, we wouldn't be having this conversation if we'd maybe picked up six more points, perhaps, you know, if we'd beaten Dorking, beaten Maidenhead. Probably wouldn't really be looking at that new manager bounce and probably gone, yeah, Ardley's finally coming good. Um, so, yeah, I'd say probably about this point we can start saying, you know, I said last night, I think it's the first time I think Ardley got it majorly wrong tactically. Um and that's the first time I felt that this season. Um, whereas I think in previous games he's had excuses he could have potentially used um, as reasons why we haven't done that. But you've seen how Fylde or something like shot up. You've seen how Kidderminster suddenly shot up, and it's not a surprise because it happens every season. There's always one or two clubs that are down there that pull a few wins together in the second half of the season. Look at Gateshead last year. Oldham were down there and they pulled a few wins out and got out of the way. So yeah, I would be saying probably about now. Hardly needs to start winning games because otherwise he will be under a lot of pressure. And that's not me in the Hardly out camp, definitely not. Uh, there's no point going on a manager merry-go-round constantly. And, you know, I think he at least needs till the end of next season, providing we don't go down. Um, so you don't, so you don't think, want David Webb back, is what you're sorry? saying? Sorry? You don't want David Webb back, is what you're saying? Who? <laughs> I've totally erased any kind of web from memory, Dan, so I have no idea what you are talking about. Uh, but yeah, I think, we. Uh, what's the point in second hardly? Who else are we going to get in the nicest possible way? You know, we've done the young upcoming manager, we've done the, you know, the old time. I think we need to give Hardly a chance for next season because he's proved his worth at every club. We just need to make sure he stays up. But yeah, I am disappointed there's been a lack of bounce, so to speak, and especially this past month when we've had some on paper, lower, easier games. Um, we should have picked up more points, definitely. You know, losing to Hartlepool, drawing to Mainhead, losing to Dorking. Those are three games that, you know, we've come out with one point when we should have really been looking at six as a minimum. And again, I guess you could say without the late, late shows, we'd have been a lot worse off, wouldn't we? We'd have probably been in the bottom four if we'd have taken any of those last-minute goals away. But but that's what wins games. And just, just before I move on to Dave, with a different point, Ben, you mentioned there about tactically you were really disappointed with with Neil Hardley last night what just expand on that because I saw you before kickoff and we were both really pleased with the team line at weren't we so what was it about the tactics last night that disappointed you uh, I think you know I, I almost contradicting myself here but we almost were too defensive and looking at it I, I think Chadwick was probably the wrong decision I think you should have gone Davies um, personally I think that was one and was Batty fully ready to make his start would be my other question. You know, I was excited on paper when, like you say, when we saw each other, 
Um, but when I look back at the end of the game, I start. I think Chadwick just hasn't been good enough since he's come in. So I'd, I'd have started Davies, and maybe you know if we are going for that early goal, get him in um, early. And I think yeah, I think Batty. You know, I suppose the argument then is Paddy McLaughlin or Scott Burgess. But um, yeah, it was Batty although he was man of the match and did really well. Was he fully fit, fully ticking, and did he contradict Woodyard as we've mentioned already? Yeah, no, fair enough. And and just before we kind of move on from Neil Hardy, Dave. Post-match interviews, I think as fans, we all all are very interested, aren't we? No matter whether we've won, lost or drawn, we always want to hear what the manager's thoughts are. And I, I'm always very keen for the manager to say exactly how I've seen it. It's just kind of like a thing I've always had, and I'm sure a lot of supporters are the same. And, and that was so frustrating about Webb that we mentioned before, jokingly. But you used to listen to him and think, God, this is just off a coaching manual. I don't know what he's talking about. We've been thrashed like at home to Gateshead, and you know it said we played well or whatever, and you're getting frustrated. Most weeks, I'm listening to Neil Aldi, and I'm saying I'm nodding along, thinking, "Yep, yeah, agree with that." Even when we got beat by Hartlepool United at home, very poor performance, but he didn't pull any punches. Told it how it was, and I can live with that. Last couple of weeks, I've found myself kind of not agreeing. What, Dave? What, what's What's your kind of opinions on when you're listening to him at the minute? It's interesting. I think I echo you in the terms of the last couple of weeks. I've been sitting there scratching my head a little bit going, okay, but that wasn't good enough. Yet you come out and you said the players gave it 100%. And, you know, like last night, if that goal had gone in, then it would have been a different story. And it would have been a different story. But there is a lot of expectation. You know, we're a big club. Neil Ardley's not stupid. He's been around. He knows the history of York City. He knows the fans and he knows what they expect. And to be honest with you, last night and, and the last game we played, I was I was a little bit surprised. You know, the South End game, obviously, you know, great, fantastic. But it was a last minute goal. We didn't play amazingly. And certainly last night, I sat there thinking, that that isn't exactly what I saw you know it, it wasn't it wasn't good enough and I think he needs to possibly hold his hands up a little bit more sometimes there is a lot of talk of the fact that he is playing players that he possibly wouldn't sign himself I think we all know that signings that were out of his control signings that are, you know predate his arrival and he always tells us he's working with what he's got I think the proof's going to be next season and I keep coming back to that but yeah I would agree with you the last couple of weeks it seems a little bit less um, it seems a little bit less certainly what, I, what I'm what i thinking and I presume that is echoed amongst the fan base as well Yeah, I, I know this is kind of going back to a point that Ben made earlier but I know Mitch Hancock's isn't isn't possibly the answer in terms of like us getting up to the top end of the National League can someone like Mitch count himself a little bit unlucky? I know Ben said he has he hasn't proved it this season, but he hasn't really played. I think I think he he'd been kind of he wasn't in the squad for the opening game at, at Wheelston. He then I don't think got into a squad for a long, long time until Neil Adley finally brought him back in. I think he played 15 minutes one game. It might have been a televised game against Halifax. Then a week later he was on loan at Hartlepool. So he's had some games under his belt. He's come back. Like I say, I know he's not a world beater, Mitch, but he he does play with a lot of passion, and he you know he has he has sort of scored goals as well from midfield. You could argue he's probably a bit more of a creative option in there. 
is he unlucky to not be in the squad is what I'm saying. Similarly with Ollie Dyson, you know, a player of the season last season. I know he's probably, there's a bit more from what Ben was saying there. He probably has had more opportunities this season, but can those players kind of a, a little bit sort of knock on Neil Aldi's door and say, well, hang on a minute, I deserve as much an opportunity as anyone else. I'm not sure he fancies them, to be honest, footballing-wise. Um, I think I think that it's quite clear from when he came in who he wanted in his plans and who he didn't. And for whatever reason, Hancock's wasn't in those plans. And he always gave his all in the Yorkshire. And I think as a player, you know, previous, previous exploits, previous season, he was brilliant for us. And he puts 100, 100% in, 110 10%, whatever, he, he puts in a lot of effort. But, as has been discussed in the South Stand, is he actually a good enough footballer for this level? Is he a good enough player for this squad? I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, the fact that he's gone on loan to National League North teams and the fact that Dyson, obviously, has done the same suggests that certainly our coaching staff don't think he's good enough at this as it stands. Um I think it's more it's more of a damning indictment, really, that he hasn't been recalled. He hasn't come back to play in the squad. So that certainly seems like it's probably not going to be a rosy future for Mitch at York, I'm afraid. Yeah. I think I also, you know, I agree with Dave, really. But they haven't been good enough, Dan. You know, they've um, you look at the two options in front of them at the minute, or that has been, of Paddy and Burgess. Yeah, we've probably all been saying for the past five years that we'd let Paddy go at the end of the season. But he's more of that defensive choice that Ardley probably wanted to stop us conceding goals at a certain point. He's probably not going to lose you either. You know, Paddy will happily give you a six or seven out of ten performance every week. Uh, and Scott Burgess, although, yeah, he's definitely not one to take forth for next season, he's proved his worth with 10, 12 assists, is it? He's, you know, he's got quite a few assists in a short amount of time. What have Dyson and Hancock's actually offered when they've had the chance? You know, that they haven't you know, shown what they can do this year. Even at Hartlepool, I think Hancock's got one goal on his first game and then he hasn't shown anything since. And, you know, there's, there's reasons they're not in the squad because they haven't been good enough. Yeah, no, that was fair enough. These are just discussion points, really. Just to sort of, uh, to sort of, yeah, see what what people's opinions are on it. I, I, you know, kind of coming through. I think I think the point about Paddy's a, a good one as well. I mean, Neil Adley said when he came in, he was really disappointed that he had to ask players to run. And I think that's one thing you can't level at Paddy. I think Paddy will run and run and run every week. He's a model pro. I don't get all this. His legs have gone. His legs went. Paddy's an absolute consummate professional. Keeps himself in great nick. Gets up and down all the time. You look at that goal against Halifax. Completely made that himself. He's playing left back that day. Bomb forward. Got the equaliser. I think mean, Paddy's had a, you know, a decent season. I'm not saying he's the answer as well, but... You know, I've got no problems with him being in the squad. Just one player who's not in the squad at the minute, um, Davis Tyler Cordner. You know, we've spent a lot of money on him. Went out the side. Was probably playing, I thought, probably playing his best just before he got dropped. He scored that, won the goal against Oxford. Yes, he made the mistake against Wigan. But, you know, his dis- distribution, I think, is, is really, really good. And I think some fans are now starting to say, is it time to bring him back into the into the team? What What's your... Opinions on Tyler and, and kind of his future at York City. Oh, it's an interesting one, isn't it? He was he was this much lauded player from Aldershot. All the shots fans were surprised he left. You know, it was all over. Oh, he's a brilliant player. He's going to be fantastic for you. I don't think it was ever right from the beginning, to be honest. Um, he just didn't seem to gel. And as you say, is it time to bring him into the squad? 
is it time to uh, to give him another chance? It might well be. You know that that pairing with Howe was supposed to be this kind of this wonder wonder drug at the back. We were going to be rock solid. He was going to be part of the uh, part of the answer in this squad going forwards. And it was a lot of money. You're right. He really was. I think that it's we've got to a time now where all the cards need to be laid on the table and all options need to be explored. And if that involves bringing back Tyler Cordner, then brilliant. I've no idea why he's been dropped. It, it could be a footballing one. It could be a personal reason. I don't know why he's been dropped. But I think you're right, Dan, that, you know, it's possibly time to at least bring him back into the matchday squad. If he's, you know, if Neil thinks he's up to the job in any capacity. I, I think the, re- the reason he's not in the squad is because Michael Duckworth can play right across the back four. Whereas I think Tyler is a bit more of an out-and-out centre-half. I don't know if you think that, Ben. I mean, Ducky can kind of slot in at right-back, left-back, can play a bit of centre-back as well. You know, he's a, he's, he's a different sort of player to Tyler Corner, isn't he? But when your option's on the bench, and, and Neil Aldi said he wants more than five five subs on the bench, that's why he doesn't have a keeper on there. Do you think it's just that Duckworth can, can fill in a few different positions for him? Yeah, I think you're yeah, probably spot on there. Duckworth can play right across the back, can't he, in either position. So it's probably a better idea to have him on, especially if he's wanting to use two of those substitutions as a striker role to you know refresh his strikers. Um, but yeah, I think Duckworth, for me, will probably leave at the end of the season. I think he's too injury prone. But I do think, um, you know, if you're looking at a, the final defensive sub spot, you're going to pick Duckworth over Cordner probably because... You know, he can play left back or you can at least shift the Fallowfield left back and Duckworth can go right back and play centre back. Um, and I think Cordner just haven't been good enough defensively, to be honest. Um, I think he's got a fantastic passing range on him. He's unbelievable, but um, there's a mistake in him every game, which has led to far too many goals. Um, you know, one of the major ones was that Wigan error where, you know, he totally misjudged where the ball was. Um I think there is a player in him. There's got to be because, you know, Aldershot rating him highly, as Dave said. We, we've we seen some good performances from him and what he can do. He was selected for England C, so he's definitely got something in him, but it's just about making sure we bring that out of him now um, because otherwise he's going to probably end up as one of our biggest flops ever. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of money, isn't it? I was thinking, if he isn't in Hardly's plans going forward, I do think we'll struggle, Dave, to to get rid of him. I'd, I'd, you know, he'd be on a lot of wages. You don't sign for that amount of money without being on a decent amount of money per week. You know, there'll be a signing on fee and all that. You know, financially, they'd have to take a massive hit. I mean, I know Castro's kind of gone out on loan and he was a big signing, but I can't imagine him commanding the same level of wages that, that Tyler Cordner was. No, absolutely. And, and I think the other thing as well is that historically, um, apart from a brief spell at Scunthorpe, on loan, he's been a Southern-based player. You know, he, he was he was born down south and, and he spent most of his career down there. I think that you're right. And I think it's going to be a case of, is there going to be a team who come in to pay the price we want? Are there going to be teams out there who, who want him on loan? You know, if they're prepared to pay any kind of money towards his, his wages, which presumably what we'd want. But for me, as Ben said, there have been glimpses of greatness. You know, we have seen some performances where he's been good. And and there are attributes to his play that are, are, are great, but it just doesn't seem to have clicked at York City. And and this this is a tale, you know, I've said it before, it's an age-old tale where, you know, a lot of players come here 
and a lot of them don't gel. You know, we, we, we I think we find more players who struggle at York than make their names at York, to be honest. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. I've seen some people say we should try him in defensive midfield because of his range of passing. But for me, if you've paid 150 grand on a centre-half, you want him to be able to defend. You want him to be able to play centre-half. And also, Woodyard and Dan Batty, he isn't going to get ahead of either of those two in, in the defensive midfield sort of holding role. So I'd, I think it's going to be an interesting summer with Tyler Cordner to see what, what kind of happens. Um, just sort of moving off the field, I think we've made great strides as a club off the field. Um, I know we've all met Matt Oogler numerous times. I think he's doing great things off the pitch. He's desperately trying to kind of work with the council to try and make things better as well. But Rishi Shunak with the, uh, the shirt the other day, Massive on goal? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it was an interesting evening on Twitter with that shirt. What do we call it? Shirt gates? I don't know. It was, um, yeah, because because the photos, it, it turned out the photos had come from, uh, was it Julian Sturdy, the, the Yorker outer MP, who I think had invited uh, Mr. Sunak, if we're going to be respectful for a minute, to to open this um, the, uh, the cancer centre at, at the stadium. And... It seems that somebody saw him arrive and went, oh, this is a great opportunity. Let's get him a shirt printed up and then took it out there. I don't think we'll ever know who it was who decided that would be a good idea. But I would say that judging from social media, overwhelmingly, our fan base uh, voiced their opinions and those opinions were it was not a good idea to, uh, to photograph the Prime Minister with a shirt with his name on. I think, in fairness to the club, Dave, they never actually tweeted it out. Um, you know, they never put it on any socials or the website, so maybe they kind of foresaw the reaction when things started getting spoken about him. So I think, in fairness, it was never directly from the club. But I agree, I think it doesn't matter which politician you put in there. I think unless it's your local MP, it's going to end up dividing the fan base in one way or the other, especially in a city like York, where, you know, you've got York Inner as, or York Central is Labour, York Counter is Conservative. Either way, you're going to annoy half of the fan base in one way or another. Um, so I think unless it's your local MP getting involved in helping you push for things, I think you best just stay away, really. Otherwise, you're going to create a divide no matter who it is. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I agree with that. Um, I I wasn't. It wasn't that the that the photo was put out by the club because it wasn't put out by the club. It's more the fact that that opportunity was there with a staged handing over of a shirt with a smile. And I think that somebody probably should have thought this is going to come back to bite us. If not thought that, they probably should have thought this is going to go out there and it's obviously going to be, um, you know, linked to York City. And I'd imagine that was why why the opportunity was 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 made in the first place. You know, the staged handing of the shirt, um, as you said, Ben, in a city that is as polarised as York, really, with the different political MPs, uh, Labour and Conservative then I think there will always be an element of the fan base who who weren't happy about it. And I think, funnily enough, after the event, there was fans of all stripes coming out and saying, this isn't a good idea. You know, keep politics about football. Yeah, I, I, think, that, I think we'd all agree with that, wouldn't we? Um, just sort of bringing it to a close then and bringing it to the actual crux of it. York City to stay up this season, both of you? Yeah, definitely. I think... Oh, actually, no, edit that bit out. I will say definitely. I think that's a, that makes it a bit too complicated. But when you look at it, we're 13 points off 50. I think we might need a couple more points than 50 looking at how some teams are starting to get a little bit better. 
with 14 games to go. I think we'll just about be able to do that. We'll scrape enough wins together to be able to get enough over the line. It'll be close. It'll be nervy again. Um, but I think we'll be all right uh, in the end. I think our squad is good enough, uh, especially if Batty starts to get a good run of games and doesn't become injured again. Uh, you know, we've got all those permutations to think about. But I think Ardley is a good enough manager. Um, I think he's been getting some unfair stick. Um, some fair, but I think some has been a bit harsh already on him. Um, but I do think that we'll just about be okay. I think those Oxford City are gone. Um, you're probably looking at another one of the promoted teams at least going down, um, which then probably leaves you with about two spots. Woking aren't pulling up any trees, um, which then probably leaves just one spot. I'm just I hope that, you know, Dorking, that was maybe a little blip for them when they decided to win up north on a Tuesday night. And hopefully when they go to Altrincham, uh, Altrincham can do us a favour and as can other clubs. But we don't want to be relying on other clubs. Let's uh, try and get a few wins. Yeah, I, th- I think Wilston might be ones that drop as well. Their manager's gone to Notts County, hasn't he? You know, small club. Still got to come to the L&R as well. That could be a big game, that, when it comes around. Dave, you think we'll stay up? I think we will. Like Ben, you know, I want to I want to keep my powder dry. I'm not going to say we're definitely going to stay up. But I think when it comes down to it, we all do. I mean, we're currently in 18th. There's three points between us and 12th. Um, it's tight. It's absolutely it's absolutely ridiculous, really, how tight it is down there. And I mean, from 14th down to, well, down to 19th, really. Um, you know, it's 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 crazy. Um, you know, between eighth, Kate said, 47 points, and us. You know, again, there's 10 points. It could go either way, and and I I would agree. I think Oxford Oxford City are gone. I mean, when we went down to Oxford a few weeks ago on the Tuesday night, it was it was quite clear then that that they were were not great, and they've had three losses in a row. So I think they're done. Uh, not so sure about Ebbsfleet. I do think Woking are dropping like a stone as well, to be fair. And, um, you know, only time will tell. Uh, Kiddy obviously, are doing well now as well. So four wins on the bounce for them. They are looking like they're going to escape the drop. We've got to do everything in our power now to make sure that we also do the same as well. Um, I'll be honest with you, at the beginning of this season, well, not the beginning of the season, but when Neil came in, I did not expect at this point in the season we'd be in 18th position. Um, it's it is a surprise. It, it still is every week looking at that table and seeing us down there. You know, I was being realistic and thinking mid-table, you know, comfortable mid-table, and I think most people were, would have been quite happy with that this season. I don't think anyone had a relegation battle on their on their minds, but I do think that that we've got a manager who will fight tooth and nail to keep us up, and I do think he's got the ability to do it. And just coming back to a point made previously by Ben, you know, we've been round and round the Marigo, the, the merry-go-round, the manager merry-go-round. And, you know, it's who who else can we get with more experience at this level and across the game as a player than Neil Ardley? You know, I'd, it would just be, it would just be kind of, you know, a, a ridiculous, a ridiculous thing to go out there and, and, and try and find a new manager at this point in the season. And I'm, well, I don't think it will come to that. I'm hoping it won't come to that. Um, I do think he needs to uh, he needs to get some results now. He needs to get some wins. But fingers crossed that come the end of the season, we will be in at least 18th and not hovering around that dashed line between 20th and 21st. Yeah, just very very final question. The transfer window doesn't really exist at our level, does it? It do you think Neil Addy needs another player? Does he need another creative spark? 
does he need to go to the owner, Ben, and say, look, we do now need that extra player because we're not getting the service to the likes of Depot and Davis, the strikers we've got? It's Yeah, I'd say so. But almost who are you going to get at this point? You know, I think we've managed to get our football league loan in, in Amos. Um, I think anything else, you know, is probably just not going to be good enough compared to what we've got. You know, especially if Batty's now back fit. I think it's pretty much there as a squad, you know, we've got enough to interchange it with. Um, so, yeah, in, in one sense, yes, I do think we do clearly need some other players. I'd expect that more to happen in the summer. So I'd rather us do that than go and sign someone for the sake of, you know, a two-year contract when we only really need them for a, a few weeks. Um, but, yeah, I just I think that in some ways, no, I don't think we'll actually see anyone else come in, to be honest, just because I don't think they'll be better than what we've got so far, which is a little bit concerning. Do you have anything to add? Final thoughts? I mean, I think that creative midfielder we were crying out for, you know, that was one of the things, you know, that people talking to folk across across games, people were, were really uh, desperate to have. And the left-back, obviously the left-back's now been now being sol- solved. Um, I think Batty is a, Batty shows a lot of promise and I think we're really lucky to have him. Now he's back match fit and firing all cylinders. So as Ben said, you know, who else are we going to get? It was quite frustrating. You know, this, this the promised January of, of, of late Christmas presents and, um, and, and the promise of, you know, bringing these players in. And I understand that um, speaking to Neil at the Q and A for the uh, for the trust that that they weren't able to get those players they were interested over the line. It is disappointment in many respects, but then again, you know, we've been trying to thin the squad out. And to be fair, I think that hopefully with everyone match fit, it's certainly going to be enough to keep us up, if not push us slightly higher up the table. On that note, we'll we'll finish off. So thanks, Dave and Ben, for your time. Um, these are for your hospital radio. So if you're interested in donating, it's justgiving.com forward slash York Hospital Radio. And uh, yeah, we'll probably do another crux of it in about six weeks' time. So thanks again for listening.